Welcome to the Reasonable Theology Podcast, where we present sound doctrine in plain language. We're here to help you better understand, articulate, and live out the fullness of the Christian faith. And now, here's your host, Clay Craby. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Reasonable Theology Podcast, where we are joined by Asherita Chuchu. Asherita is a best-selling author, national speaker, and host of the Prayers of Rest podcast. She's the founder of One Thing Alone Ministries, which is an online ministry that helps women all over the world find joy in Jesus through consistent time in God's Word. She's also the author of several books, including her newest book, Prayers of Rest, which we'll be talking about on this episode. You can learn more about Asherita, her books, and her writing uh, ministry at asherita.com. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes for this episode. So Asherita, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Clay. Now, as we start our conversation, could you share a little bit about yourself and your family and your ministry? Sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a missionary family in Romania. Um, My family is ethnically Romanian as well. And it was just an incredible childhood watching God work um, in the lives of gypsy families that we got to share the gospel with. And I met my now husband, uh, Flavio, in fifth grade summer camp. And we've been friends a long, long, long time. Um, And we now live in the United States in Northeast Ohio with our three spunky kids. That's excellent. Thank you so much for the background. Always helpful to get a little bit of an introduction as we begin. Now, you've got this new book out. It's Prayers of Rest. And so it is a book designed to help people daily in their prayer lives. Is that right? Yeah. Um, So, you know, as I mentioned, I grew up in a missionary family and my dad was a pastor before that. So I've known Jesus for as long as I can remember. And, you know, there's that old Sunday school song, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to (laughs) grow. And uh, I, I believe that to be true, but I struggled as um, an adult, as a mom, to make time for prayer. And as someone who's on social media, I found myself just easily distracted 30 seconds into my prayers. And just as someone who lives with technology at our fingertips, it's so much easier to even just go to Google with a question instead of turning to God in prayer first. And so I saw the struggle in my own life of how do I make prayer an integral part of my day that I would weave it into my day to walk in the spirit, to have this ongoing conversation with the Lord. And as I was talking with my readers and my online community, um, I realized this is a struggle for all of us. Uh, We know prayer is important, but somehow it's it's a challenge to make it part of our daily rhythm and that we would um, stay focused and undistracted in prayer and, and involve stillness and listening to God's voice as part of our prayers. And so this book, Prayers of Rest, um, is what God worked in my heart, teaching me how to pray, um, because I found myself like the disciples just turning to him and saying, Lord, teach us teach us to pray. Because even though we've been in church our whole life long, we're just not doing it. So would you lead us? And Prayers of Rest was God's answer to me and what I hope to share with readers as well. And so the book functions a little bit like uh, a daily devotional in that, you know, you, you turn to today's page and there's there's helps and tools there. And so that's going to have uh, a scripture passage to read and also some prompts to help you in your prayers that how how people would make use of this? Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of um, 
creative habits when it comes to spiritual growth. Um, and so I've adopted all different kinds of fun, creative ways to engage scripture throughout the day. And have adopted that same approach toward prayer. So there is a, a an acronym, um, R-E-S-T, REST, that uh, I have found helpful to pray through scripture, but also to pray through um, hard emotions. Uh, when something explodes at, in a relationship, how do I pray through that situation? This acronym REST has proven um, helpful for me. But I also like to geek out on brain science and um, habit formation and how God created us to form these rhythms in our days. So the book Prayers of Rest has 365 prayers that you're right, Clay. There's a scripture because I I believe in the power of praying God's word. And then um, I offer a few sentences for each of the letters, R-E-S-T, which we can talk about a little bit. But the hope is that those those sentences of of my written prayers would serve as a springboard for readers to put into words what's on their heart as well. Uh, But the way that the book is formatted is it really encourages habit formation. The first few pages of the book, I walk readers through how do you create a habit that sticks, that you're consistent with, that will weather changes in schedules and um, when you sleep in or when you stay up too late. Like, How do we remain consistent in this habit of prayer? And the book itself um, is broken down into different collections that are anywhere from 10 prayers to a collection, a theme, a topic, to um, a collection of 66 prayers where we pray from Genesis through Revelation. So it's not your typical devotional book where it's like, today is January 7th, and and this is the prayer for today. Rather, it's more um, topical and also need-based. Like, what is on your heart today? Let's pray through that for the next five to 10 days. Yeah, and and that idea of forming good, helpful spiritual habits is important. It's uh, the Christian life and growth in the Christian life is not always easy, but it's certainly not complicated. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's not always easy to do the things we know we need to do. That can be hard, but it's fairly simple of of these spiritual disciplines, these habits of prayer and, and Bible reading and, and all of those things. And so it is helpful to have tools like these, especially in our prayer lives where many of us, many people admit to feeling that they're not where they would like to be in their mm-hmm. prayer life. And as, as Don Whitney sometimes says, you know, we, we find ourselves praying the same old things about the same old things. And so he encourages too. The, the praying of Scripture. So it's great to have another tool to really help walk people through that. You mentioned, too, this REST acronym. Could you share what each of those letters are and how that can help someone as they try to think through maybe deepening their prayers? Sure. Um, so like I said, this is when I asked God that, that he would teach me to pray. This is where I landed. Um, the R in rest stands for recite God's goodness. And so whether we're praying through a, a scripture passage or praying through, like I said, a, a hard emotion uh, like anger or bitterness or jealousy, um, or we're praying through a tricky relationship that's coming up and there's conflict in that relationship, whatever the situation is that prompts prayer, uh, I like to start with reciting God's goodness. And that is uh, praising God for who he is and for what he has done in our lives, taking time to reorient our gaze from the problem uh, to the God who is above those problems and yet close to us in our brokenness. If I'm praying scripture, I might ask myself in, in this stage, what does this say about God? 
How can I praise him for who he is? How can this help form my my view of him and correct maybe something that I'm I'm misrepresenting about God in my heart? And so that that is where we start by reciting God's goodness and praising him for his faithfulness and his goodness in our lives. So that's the R. The E is express your neediness. And this is time now to be honest with God. He knows everything already. Uh, but when we confess our sins in prayer, it's it's not for his benefit to inform him about it. It's for us to come clean before him, to remind ourselves that he is a holy God and we are not. And yet, because of the grace of Jesus Christ, uh, we have a high priest who empathizes with our weaknesses and invites us to come before the throne of grace with boldness so that we might find mercy and help in our time of need. John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Peter says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And so this is such an important part in prayer that we regularly take time to confess sins, to tell God ways that we have fallen short. Uh, Again, not because he doesn't know, but because we need to be reminded of our need for a savior and of God's lavish grace. That every single time we say, God, would you forgive me? The answer is always yes. Yes. Because of Jesus Christ. Yes. And this is also when we get to be honest about our needs, that we are not supermen and superwomen who can do it all in our own strength. We do not have to carry the burden of the world on our shoulders. We can come before God and say, God, I need you. I I am struggling right now. There's this sin that I feel like I cannot overcome. There is this wound from my past that keeps coming up. There's this relationship that's like a thorn in my side. God, I need you. And so we recite God's goodness. Then we take time to express our neediness. And Clay, I don't know about you, but this is the point in my prayer where I would always like talk, 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 and then run off with my day and say, okay, thanks God. See ya. <laughs> right. um, and yet as an adult coming back to scripture, especially in the Psalms, there's this word, selah, selah, pause, consider, remember, sit still with what you just said. Uh, in Psalm 46, verse 11, be still, and know that I am God. And I, I realized in my own life, I, I'm so busy hustling and rushing. And, and sometimes even reading the Bible and prayer can be just another item on my to-do list for the day. So building in time to seek God's stillness, to simply be still with the creator of the universe who invites us to this privilege of talking with him and listening to him, uh, that is what the S in the REST acronym is. It's a time where after we've praised God and we've expressed our needs, we just sit with him. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice. They recognize my voice. They follow my voice. He's placed his own spirit inside us, his children, that we might be led by him. But too often we don't make time to listen to him. And so the S gives us that built-in time into our prayer. Sometimes it's just 15 seconds of just being quiet. 
and listening. Sometimes I, I'll build in more time, especially if I feel like my life is spiraling out of control. And I, I say, God, I need your wisdom. Um, I might set aside more time, 10, 15, 20 minutes to be with God. Uh, to open his scripture, to pray this way, and then be still with him and and allow him to speak to me through his word. And then the T where we wrap up is trust his faithfulness. And now that you have entrusted these things into his care, now that he might have uh, prompted you to do something, to to obey in a certain way, to apply what you read, or, or maybe there's a phone call you need to make. Maybe there's an apology. You need to, to have a conversation where you say, I messed up. Would you forgive me? Uh, maybe there's something you need to change in the way you do things. This is the time to trust and obey, to remember that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we trust that God will be faithful in these things that we prayed about. Clay, this this method of prayer is so much more than an acronym for me. It's a way that it guides me into God's presence in the midst of my busy life. When I feel like, oh, I, I just don't have time to pray right now. <laughs> I remember that Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest, rest for your souls. If you enjoy the sermons and written works of C.H. Spurgeon, I encourage you to check out the all-new chspurgeon.com. Here you'll find free, unabridged sermon audio delivered with the dynamic of live preaching, articles written by and about the Prince of Preachers, a chronological bibliography of all his books, and much more. This will be a growing library of Spurgeon-related resources to help you in your walk with the Lord. So check it out at chspurgeon.com. Yeah, it's always helpful to have some of these these tools, even simple tools like an acronym, as you're trying to pray. Because we do get distracted and we do um, we do fail in forming these habits. So, yeah, reciting God's goodness, expressing your neediness, stillness, trust His faithfulness. I really like that because it begins with reminding yourself of who God is, uh, mm-hmm. being honest about who we are in in all our brokenness and neediness and, and even our sin. Um, Stillness, I think, is important too. How often do we um, we really just kind of pray as we're doing something else, and then we rush off to the next thing, or we put the headphones in and we listen to to music and podcasts? It's always kind of go, 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 and we and we forget that you know the be still and know that I am God, where we can have that time of intentional quiet to really kind of think on what God is saying to us through His Word and how we can apply that to our lives. So I think that's an important step to be reminded of. That we know that we all need in our prayer lives, and of course, ending on trust, understanding that God is good, uh, He knows what we need, He desires to give us what we need, even if that what we need is not always matching up with what we want in mm-hmm. our in our lack of uh, complete knowledge and wisdom as He has, and just trusting that He, the, the Lord of all the earth, is going to do right and He's going to take care of you. So, really helpful that rest acronym. And of course, it brings to mind the the ACTS acronym that people might be already familiar with, with uh, adoration and confession and thanksgiving and supplication. Are there some important distinctions that you like 
maybe better about the REST acronym over the ACTS acronym in your own life and, and as you recommend to other people to take up and use? Yeah, so I grew up with the ACTS model of prayer, and it was so, so helpful. Like, I'm I'm so grateful for it. And if that's the way that you find um, it easiest to talk with God, then by all means, use it. Like, I am in no way, like, putting that down. I've just found in my own life um, that I need to be reminded to be quiet with God. I need to be reminded that prayer is not something that um, is done and checked off my list. Prayer is, it's another word for conversation with God. And conversation is two ways. We talk, we listen. He talks, we listen. He does that through his word. Um, and oftentimes in that time of stillness, it he brings to mind passages that I've memorized, right? But I need to set aside time to be quiet with him in prayer. And so I would say that's probably the biggest distinction is the S portion and the T portion of rest, the the stillness that is built in uh, that <laughs> Clay, to be honest, the reason I put that in the middle of the prayer and not the end is because knowing myself, if if the stillness was tacked on to the end of a prayer, um, I would probably skip it. <laughs> yeah. probably like, if, ah. if there's time. It's yeah, a bonus yeah, letter. yeah. Um, but, but built in, it's like, okay, I, I guess I'm doing this. Um, it would ruin and, your acronym too. It would just destroy <laughs> it. It probably would for, for sure. <laughs> Rats. Um, but it really has, it's made all the difference to have time to be still. Um, and, and I don't necessarily have, you know, a five point explanation of how God speaks to us today. I just can tell you he does. He does. He wants, not in an audible, I've never heard an audible voice of God, um, but I have for sure felt his spirit prompting me in my spirit um, about situations. And oftentimes, like I said, it's scripture that he will bring to light. That wasn't what I read that morning, but it sure is applicable to the situation. So that that stillness portion is so important. And also the the trusting his faithfulness um, brings it full circle where we start by reciting God's goodness and remembering um, who he is and meditating, adoring him, worshiping him for that, and then ending our time of prayer with a commitment. God, I trust you. This thing that I'm worrying about, this thing that keeps me up at night, I am going to, and I'll often Clay say this out loud, even if the rest of my prayer was silent in my mind, um, this part I will say out loud because I need to hear it. It's a declaration. God, I trust you with with this relationship, with this child, with this project. I trust you. It is not on my shoulders anymore. It is not for me to carry or worry. I choose to trust you because you are faithful. And that comes back to reciting God's goodness. And sometimes I'll spend some time at the end of my prayer just remembering all the ways he's been faithful in the past. All the the prayers he's answered in the past, he has never let me down. He has always been faithful. And so in this situation today, in this burden that is heavy on my heart, he is worthy of my trust. And I don't know about you, Clay, but sometimes I'll pray and I'll give something over to God. And like six hours later, I'm worrying about the same thing again. (laughs) Does that ever happen to you? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's where this, this tea comes in so helpful is that I'll go back 
and I'll, I'll pray through rest again. It might be an abbreviated version, but I'll go back to that passage I prayed. I'll be like, uh, God, whose name I praise, you are my rock, you are my refuge. You know I'm still worrying about this right now. God, you know this is heavy on my heart. And I will take maybe just 10 or 20 seconds to picture myself, my feet planted on the rock of my salvation, if that was the passage I read this morning. And then I'll come back to the tea. God, I trust you. I was, I was starting to worry about it. I was starting to like take that burden on myself, but no, no, I trust you. You got this, God. I trust you. And you can really see just hearing you explain the the different aspects of that rest model of prayer of how they can really contribute to kind of keeping uh, our anxieties down. And, mm-hmm. and when they start to bubble up of, again, okay, who is God? What has he done for me? And and what is it that, that my need is? What Even if you're now, instead of praying for the actual issue, you're praying for your worry about the issue, your anxiety about the issue, or the fact that you can't stop thinking about it. now Now that's the focus of your prayer. And taking that time for stillness, and again, like you said, we're not saying that you're going to hear a booming voice and some special revelation from God. He's given you special revelation, His Word, and maybe... Maybe you have drawn to your mind, the Spirit applies some other passage that you read, you know, two weeks ago. It's not necessarily that day's passage. There's lots of things that can be brought to mind. And then also taking that time to remember, you know, you know, in that stillness, you might remember I was in a situation like this 10 years ago, and it turned out fine. God proved faithful yet again. And and bringing you and closing it out with that, I am, I choose to trust as weak and feeble as that sometimes is. Lord, help me, you know, in my, my weakness to do that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think, Clay, I mean, I'm kind of jumping around here, but I think there is such beauty in those of us who are parents sharing those stories with our children. I mean, we see so much in, in the Psalms and throughout the Old Testament where God commands his people, no, you are to recite this to your children. You are to tell them their history of God being faithful to his people. Um, and and that's something that my parents gave me as a gift. They, they since I was a little child, would tell me stories of um, how God provided for them in Romania under under communist persecution, how God protected them, how God delivered them, uh, how God was their their rock and their salvation. And these are stories firsthand from my parents of them telling me, God is faithful, not just in the pages of scripture. Let me tell you how he was faithful in my life. Let me tell you how I lived this out, how I didn't know if I would see the day of tomorrow. And yet he came through for me. And, and I inherited, we'd we don't inherit salvation, but I think we can inherit a greater dose of faith as we stand on, on the shoulders of generations that have come before us. And so this is something that I'm so passionate about, that we, when we encounter God, let us not keep those stories to ourselves. We are, I, I say we all suffer from soul amnesia forgetting who God is and what he's done for us from one day to the next. And so if we do not recite those stories of God's goodness and faithfulness to ourselves, we're going to forget. And if we don't recite them to our children, then uh, stories of God's faithfulness die with each generation because we don't tell them to the next. And, And that's a missed opportunity. And that's a way that we can bring to life the stories of scripture as we show our children and grandchildren uh, how how those stories of God's faithfulness are just as true in our lives as we've lived it out with him too. Yeah, a lot of, pr- I'm just 
practical benefits to remembering that yourself, instilling that spiritual heritage in your children, but also very biblical. What does what does God say more often than not in the Old Testament when when speaking to His people? He says, you know. I am the Lord your God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He, he keeps repeating this over and over and over to generations of his people Israel for a reason, so that they would be reminded of who God is, what he's done for them in the past, and why they ought to trust him with whatever new calamity has been visited upon them or they brought upon their own heads. And the same is true for us. So I think I think that's absolutely the case. Now, Whenever the, the topic of prayer comes up, um, I've not done a study on this. I have no statistics, but I'm willing to bet that the number one issue that people say is that they get distracted. Mm. They're, they're often distracted in prayer. I know that's the case for me. If I have either a, a focused time of prayer or, hey, I'm going to keep the radio off as I'm driving from point A to point B and I'm going to pray Three minutes in, you find that you are, you know, remembering movie lines from old movies that you watched growing up. And you're like, wait, how did I even get here? <laughs> you know, you just start thinking through these mental rabbit trails. So it's it's a common hurdle that people face. How can we overcome distraction when we're praying? Yeah. Well, Clay, I'll say there was a study done on this, actually. In 2018, Crossway published one of their studies that reveals that the number one obstacle to a thriving prayer life is distraction. Oh, perfect. <laughs> uh, we are all living uh, just in a distracted age. And so some things practically that have helped me, um, and I'll just start by saying it comes with practice. Um, we have conditioned our brains because of social media and the stimulus input, the uh, endorphin rush of having a notification or having someone like your post or whatever. Like we do not sit with boredom very well. Um, and we do not sit in quiet contemplation very well because we have conditioned our brains to require a constant stimulus. So this will come with practice. Um, just as our brains have been trained to need something new and exciting all the time, we can also train our brains to be still, to not require that. So um, I'll just say to listeners, do not be discouraged if you, like everyone else, like me, 20 seconds into your prayer, you're thinking, like Clay said, about that movie line, or I'll, I'll be like, gosh, I've got laundry in the wash. I need to switch it over to the dryers before it spoils, or I need to pull the meat out of the freezer, or, um, I, oh, I forgot I need to call and make that appointment. Like, all those things will come to the surface in quiet because we are so rarely quiet. <laughs> and so there's all of this humdrum kind of buzzing beneath the surface um, that, that we don't pay attention to. So when we're quiet, those are the things that will come up first. So two practical things that have helped me deal with these distracting thoughts. Um, one is to allow them to actually be prompts for prayer. So instead of, I, I used to get so annoyed with myself, Clay, I would be just shaming myself like, Asherita, you get to speak to the God of the universe. And really, you're thinking about what, like, what you need to shop for your friend's birthday gifts. Like, really? You can't yeah. do any better than that. Um, and, and once I turned that on its head and said, you know what? God cares about that too. <laughs> so instead of berating myself about it, what if I made that part of my prayer? And, and so now when a distracting thought will come in, um, I learned this from someone else. It's called uh, palms up, palms down. And I'll take that thing, whatever it is, and um, palms down, I will put it in God's hands, right? So um, that birthday gift for a friend, 
Uh, I am notoriously bad at buying gifts. And so this produces some anxiety for me. (laughs) And so it will come to mind and I'll be like, God, you know me, you know, I'm not really good at buying gifts, but you know how precious this friend is to me. Would you please lead me to a a token that would represent how much I cherish her? Um, Would you just bless her today? Would you be with her today? And, And this next week, as it's her birthday, I just pray your blessing over her life and her family. And so palms down, I will take that distracting thought that interrupted my previous, you know, line of prayer with the Lord. I'll just grab it, palms down. I'll put it in God's hands and give it over to him. And then I'll physically turn my palms up and say, God, is there anything that you want to give me about this, this situation? Is, and sometimes I'll just sit in, in stillness for a few moments. Sometimes I've had this happen, Clay, where the answer will come to mind. And I'll suddenly remember like, oh, she loves Harry Potter. I can just buy her some Harry Potter socks and she would be thrilled with that. You know, just something out of the blue like that. And I'll say, thank you, Lord. Um, I, I love keeping a little notepad or some sticky notes next to me when I pray uh, because I'll jot that down really quick and then I'll go back to prayer and I'll continue praying until the next distracting thought comes up <laughs> and I'll take it and I'll put it palms down in God's hands and then I'll turn my hands up, I'll palms up. God, is there anything you want to give me about this situation? And so that palms down, palms up and the sticky note of jotting things down and, and being able to write them down and release them from my mind has helped me enter into a space of soul stillness and my mind quieting down. Um, and, and I found it so helpful to take time to do this because sometimes I'm not even aware of how much noise is buzzing in the background of my brain because I've never, I haven't made time to sit and just think thoughts. Um, I'm always listening to something, listening to podcasts, listening to music, listening to my kids tell me about their day, listening to my husband about, you know, whatever's going on. Um, when we sit with Jesus in stillness and invite him to be a, a, a part of of these thoughts that come up, then suddenly the distractions are not shameful. They actually serve as prompts to prayer and it can be such a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's helpful. Now, obviously when we're on the topic of prayers, there's, there's plenty of examples given to us in scripture. So what do we learn about prayer, particularly when we look at the prayers of Jesus? How can that inform our own prayer lives? Yeah, I, I loved studying these prayers, there's actually a collection in the book called um, Praying Like Jesus. And it's taking the Lord's Prayer and breaking it down and praying through a line at a time. Um, but what I noticed as I was looking at Jesus' prayer life is we have several passages that talk about him getting up early in the morning and going out into like the desolate place <laughs> so that he would be alone to talk with the Father. Um, but also, there are plenty of scriptures that show us that Jesus was talking to his father all the time. He's, he's talking to God uh, before meals as he's multiplying the bread and the fish. He's talking at the tomb with Lazarus. Um, there's, there's a sense of ongoing conversation between Jesus and his father. And that was one of the things that stuck with me um, is that I had idealized this perfect hour long quiet time of prayer with the Lord every day. 
like that was my ideal. That that was what good Christian women did is they got up before the crack of dawn to pray for an hour. And um, I went through a season where my children, one child in particular, did not sleep through the night for four years. Oof. I was so sleep That'll deprived. That'll make you pray. <laughs> Clay, I would be like in the middle of prayer and falling asleep and feeling guilty about it, right? And um, it, it was in that season, really, that I clung to this model of Jesus's ongoing conversation with the Father. Wherever he was, he was talking to, God, to his Father about it. Um, he said, I, I do nothing except what the Father tells me to do. Um, there, there's a sense of... Yes, there were set aside times to pray, and I have found those times to be so refreshing and life-giving. And now I'm in a season where that child will sleep through the night, and I do get up early to pray. And it is my joy to meet with King Jesus before the rest of the world. Uh, and, and we talk, and, and oh, it's such a beautiful thing. But if you are in a season where that is not possible, please hear me. God welcomes you to come to him right where you are. And and there is nothing magical about a one-hour prayer time. Uh, he wants to be in ongoing conversation with you. And so if the rest prayer model serves you to help you, you know, when you're in the car or folding laundry or uh, wrapping up the, the work day at work or cleaning house, we have a collection of prayers for the house so you can pray over your dining room and the kitchen and the bedrooms. Like, if it serves you in that way, then praise be to God. But if you find another, whatever it is that helps you walk in the spirit, that helps you be mindful of God's presence with you right here, right now in this place, um, that is my heart prayer. Not that the rest model would become the next acts model. Like It's not about that at all. It's about encouraging this generation of Christians to become people of prayer. Because I really think that the greatest danger facing Western Christians today is not external persecution. It's this internal distraction that keeps us from living and breathing conversation with God. So that is my prayer for listeners today, that they would be encouraged from this conversation to start small, start where you are, link it to something you're already doing, and start a habit of resting in God's presence through prayer. That's great. Well, uh, if you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, you can check them out at reasonabletheology.org slash rest. Our guest has been Asherita Chuchu. She has her new book, Prayers of Rest. I encourage you to check that out. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Just as we close, where can folks go to learn more about you and pick up a copy of the book? Yeah, so probably the best place would be prayersofrest.com. That's where you can find the book. You can also find the link to the podcast that I mentioned every week is a new 10-minute prayer, guided prayer, based on the rest format. So prayersofrest.com. And I believe when this airs, we are still a few weeks away from the release of the Prayers of Rest book. So our pre-order bonus, if you go ahead and pre-order it now, you'll get the best price guaranteed. But also we are giving away an audiobook of prayer. And so that collection that I mentioned, praying from Genesis to Revelation and, and discovering God's love for us in the pages of scripture, uh, that free audiobook is our thank you gift when you pre-order before the book launch on May 17th. So you can get all that information at prayersofrest.com. Well, thank you so much again. 
Uh, you can find the links to that. Uh, I'll make sure that you're able to get to those things easily at reasonabletheology.org slash rest, or you can go right to the links that were mentioned there. Uh, our guest has been Asherita Chuchu. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Clay, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Reasonable Theology Podcast. Be sure to visit reasonabletheology.org for more helpful resources on understanding, articulating, and living out the Christian faith. In addition to the show notes for this episode, you'll find articles, videos, book reviews, and much more. That's reasonabletheology.org. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoy the Reasonable Theology podcast, go to reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe and get the weekly email. Each week I send out the latest article or podcast episode, and each email also includes a helpful definition to expand your theological vocabulary, a beautiful painting depicting a scene from scripture or church history, a musical selection to enrich your day, as well as the best book deal I've found that week to add trusted resources to your library. Try it out at reasonabletheology.org slash subscribe.